Welcome to the Batman Tastic Cast, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the greatest animated television series of all time, Batman, the animated series. Our podcast offers a deep dive in each episode in a full series retrospective from two nerds who really like Batman. And sitting across the table from me, it's. I don't. What is real? Who? What? You know he's, the truth. He's a virtual avatar of himself. It's Mr. Jordan Hugh. And seated across the table from me, he blinded me with science. Oh, that's very nice. Mike Stout. Very nice, very nice. An episode that brings back the He blinded the me with science. Yes, he did. Uh, this is season one, episode 48. What is reality? Directed, what is reality? I don't know. Directed by Dick Sebast and written by Marty Eisenberg and Robert M. Skier. This is the return of the Riddler, folks. Broadcast order number 45. I do believe that if you're so smart, Why Aren't You Rich might have aired like within five episodes before this. Yes, the Riddler follow episode here comes right on the heels of the previous one, which actually is very convenient because this episode is very much a sequel. Very much a sequel, very much very similar to what the the first episode with the Riddler showed. And you kind of need to know what happened at, in the first episode with the Riddler. You need to know what happened in If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich you do. to understand this episode. And they don't really go through it. No, they don't so give you a you, previously on Batman. No, they kind of just trust the viewer to be like, you guys remember this one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once again, we have Edward Nigma has returned as the main villain in this episode. Um, just some initial thoughts here, uh, some things I'd like to cover. Um, I don't think it's as good as the first Riddler episode. It isn't, but it is still good. It's still good. It's still good. I do think that it's a cool thing. It still has the Riddler kind of like, he's kind of still a game designer. I really like that angle on the character. This episode is one of those instances we talk about quite a bit. With, like, the huge power creep yeah. between a villain's first couple of yeah. appearances and then their second or yeah. third or fourth appearance. Um, most similar in the power creep to Mad Hatter. Yes. Mad Hatter shows up that first time. I love this girl. Here's some cards that control people's minds. Oh, no. And then, but the second time you see him, he can create a full reality for you in your dreams, perchance to dream, where you have everything you ever wanted and you don't have to live your life anymore. That is a huge power creep. Now, imagine if the two of these guys got together. That would be extremely bad. It would be extremely bad. Um, Riddler's the same way. The first time, it's like, hey, I've built this elaborate puzzle, and yes, it is huge and theatrical and elaborate, but... This is more powerful. I can make the Matrix, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what we would do in this in, ep- in this episode, if we had the Mad Hatter, we'd be able to get the Key Master and the Gatekeeper together. I like a girl that sleeps above her covers. Four feet above her covers. <laughs> she barks. She drools. She claws. What smells like burnt dog? Oh, Venkman. Venkman, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. So sorry. I'm so sorry. It just popped in there. I tried to think of the most innocent thing. We used to roast Stay Puft marshmallows by the campfire at Cape Wakanda. <laughs> what did you do, Ray? What did you do, Ray? It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Hey, nobody steps on a church in my town. Mother puss bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the uh, Ghostbusters podcast, folks. Hey, hey. Back off, man. A scientist. So, uh, I do have we to We could say, do that for an hour. An hour. Yeah, easy. Easy, easy, easy. Especially if we include the second movie. Oh, please. Yes. I've worked with better, but... Not many. Not many. Um, Wasn't he also Vigo the Butch? I'm sorry. All right. Please start the episode. We just did that in another episode. <laughs> Wait, were you doing every episode? Every episode. So, uh, Jordan, I just want to say to you, in this episode, a lot of Robin. 
There's a lot of fucking Robin. I said this last time with the last Riddler episode. They include Robin because on the 66 show, Robin always solved the he riddles. Did. He always and solved he the does riddles. It again. And if he's going to be cool 90s skateboarding Bart Simpson, Sonic the Hedgehog, Robin drinking fucking icy ecto cooler, yeah. right? Then he's got to be hip with the computer games, man. Whoa, yeah. oh. To the point where multiple times in this episode, the older characters refuse to deal with it because they need Robin to deal with it because he represents the youth. Right. It's so stupid. Also, why do they keep calling a Rubik's Cube a Baxter's box? Your Rubik's Cube might Is it be, it might be a copyright really? at that point. That's it not might like a have been a copyright item. at right. that point. They probably didn't want to. It's a Baxter's box, Ooh, bro. Baxter's box. Whoa. No problem, Batman. 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 Give me my pizza. Uh, all right. Um, I like a lot I of fucking these. Fucking hate Robin. I know you do. I like a lot of these segments on their own. Uh, I think put together, they don't make a whole lot of sense. No, <laughs> they don't. Like, I think each individual segment on this episode is good, but when you put them together, it's like, what is going on here? Like, what is this? What is reality? What is reality? What is reality? This episode feels ultimately to me like a lesser version of the prior Riddler episode. If you're so smart, why you're rich? It's pretty it much is. does the same things in this episode that he does right. in the last but just, one. But just in the virtual world. Yeah, it's just yeah. a virtual thing where he is the, the master, right? And um, yeah, he's using this virtual reality space. And what do you think about this episode, Never? What, do you, what are some... Got any sort of initial thoughts here? I like the episode because I like the Riddler, but I don't know if I love the content of this episode. I think it's a natural progression if you're going with Riddler as like a video game-themed villain. Yeah. Virtual reality is the next natural yeah. step. And they do a nice job with creating virtual reality as a threatening space that he's the master of, but... Because of episode length, there's really not that much you it's can hard. include. It's hard. Uh, which was always the problem with Riddler. And thus, the VR world they create, they don't really do anything that interesting with. No. It's just a bunch of silly It's kind of a games. very generic VR space uh, where nothing that interesting really happens. Would you like to um, Would you like to put on the Oculus headset I have? Try it out? <laughs> Actually, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, no. All right. Not right now. Yeah. Okay. No, Maybe I can download a Batman thing. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do that. I will say this too that this episode also has a very dark ending, which is something that we see sometimes on the show. It has an unusually dark ending. Yeah. Almost like a punishment doesn't fit the crime type ending. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about that, but yeah. it's a weird ending. It's a weird ending, and I gather that's maybe why we don't see Riddler for a bit. Maybe that, yeah, maybe that was their excuse for writing him off. Uh, also, it is. What do you weird- mean to write us off? What? I don't know what that is. I've never seen it. All right. Um. <laughs> This is the same ending they give to the Riddler in Batman Forever. Very similar. So this was obviously before Batman Forever, but when Nigma's brain here becomes overloaded with his own virtual reality world, yeah. he did not he did not safely shut the computer down. He didn't Mike. he? Didn't um, and he he almost looks like he has like palsy or something like that. It looks like he's been in there with his head and brain in this machine for so long that he's like forgotten to eat. Right. Um, he looks incredibly Initiated. frail, yeah. and he's, like, shaking. And, and like, he's got, like, this permanent pucker-up face on his lips. Right. But that is looks what like Edward Enigma looks like at the end of Batman Forever after the big yeah. machine collapses on yeah. him. So they kind of did that thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, what's the best way to get rid of Riddler? Oh, well, we'll completely overload his brain. Right. And Batman is responsible for this. Batman essentially turns him into a human vegetable. Uh, yes. Like, um, he can blame Riddler's but- simulation, but Batman does it. Right, we don't get to dwell on it though, no. and then there's a there's a huge gap of time between this and Riddler's reform, yeah. Yeah. where he is well again, by yeah. the way, and I don't think we referenced this time period at all. No, I I don't think so at all. 
Um, I also want to say, like, you know, the thing that's interesting about Riddler in this show is Riddler kind of throws a wrench in the works for the entire setting of the show because every time they use him, it's something that is very current. Yeah. Like, Riddler's schemes, Riddler's powers, how Riddler operates in the Batman the Animated Series is very, like you said, it's video game related, it's very gamey. Like, those didn't exist when Batman, like, should kind of take place based on the look. Right, yeah, because the aesthetic they're going here is like that weird late 30s to yeah. late 50s thing. All these video games and virtual reality were decades off from decades. that. Decades. Uh, and that's fine, because Batman is also part of science fiction, course, and they can, they can go forward, and that's fine. Uh, what is funny, though, is that we're dealing with a lot of things relating to AI, VR, and self-driving vehicles now yeah. in the present. Yeah. Um, so it is funny to look back on the show and kind of see that as like a new technology. Yo, man, I'm ready to go in the Matrix. I'm ready to. I can understand why the people in the Matrix universe went in willingly. Oh, I'd be, I'd be Cypher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already know I'd be Cypher. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I can, you can make it so that I don't know it's fake. That's fine. Yeah. Just keep giving me the steak. Yeah. I'll have the steak and, uh, you know, if I could just do it. Whatever I wanted, I'd yeah. send me to you know I'll go to I'll go to some fantasy world. I maintain he's still other than Agent Smith, he's the best performance in the first movie. I think so. Is Joe Pantoliano? Hey, Joey Pants, always underrated actor. Always, 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 always. Um, and we kind of hinted at this a little earlier, but this episode really proves how hard it is to do a Riddler centric episode. Yeah, it's well, that's why they, so hard. That's why to they that's why they remove him basically yeah. at the end of this episode. Now, it's hard. It's twofold. It's it's hard because one, you don't have enough time in a twenty-two minute episode to really establish the Riddler, right? And establish a set of riddles. That's why the Batman works, because it's this long, slow detective story where Batman is making his way through these riddles that have been left for me as time to spend with the with the clues and all this stuff. But at the same time, the normal reaction would be, well, then give the Riddler a two-parter. But it's hard for those riddles and hints and jokes and all these things that Batman is working through, it's hard for that to carry over. So if if you've started the episode and you have to wait for a part two, and we know how they did part twos in this show... You could do a previously on, but the previously on will be as long as the episode because you have to go through every detail and you have to do it. So it's a very hard character to work with. It's a problem. Um, yeah. I will also say that the Riddler's a very adult villain yeah. when you do him correctly. Yeah. Um, like while a Riddler two-parter sounds thrilling for us as men in their mid to late 30s now, um, and as cool as maybe kids think the Riddler is, that would become tedious. Yeah. 40 minutes of this is tedious. It's a lot. Um, so it is hard. I understand the difficulty. And you, you mentioned the Batman, the Matt Reeves yeah. film. Um, that's a movie that ostensibly only really functions because the kind of Riddler they're using is Jigsaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Without those Saw movies, that Riddler doesn't really happen. He's also, almost like a David Fincher 7 villain-esque Riddler. If we were doing like comics Riddler on film, it would kind of be boring. Yeah. There's what I'm saying is there's not the same thrill that you get when you're reading Riddler riddles in comic books week to week. It is thrilling. Yeah. Um. I don't think. Hush, it tra- right? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it translates well to to film and television. No, I don't think so. And ultimately, too, the the way the movie's structured, the Batman, you can tell that whole last act, that fourth act or whatever, where he's saving the people in this in the stadium. Yeah. Like you can tell that was added by a studio because like, hey, we need action in this movie. Right or yeah, that was or something that was, like it was, it was like, juiced up. Yeah, right, they were like, like yeah. "Oh, what's the big action sequence at the end?" Oh, there isn't one. He caught the Riddler. Um, okay, well, yeah, well we need, need something. Be, yeah, so you can tell, and it works for what it is. You know, especially 
in 2023, that whole kind of, you know, insurrection, you know, insurrection right. overthrow the, the government type thing. All you fits. know, funny enough, I've, I've, having now seen the Batman a few times, uh, the Riddler wins. I, I really yeah, didn't Riddler, really think about that a yeah, lot. He wins. Yes, he's locked up, but also he completely accomplished his goal. And the people that follow him like that he got locked up. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. Um, I will go and say this about topics for discussion for this episode. Robin is annoying in this show. Very. Very annoying. He annoyed me the most in this episode so yeah, far. he's horrible. Down to the point of like, no problemo, Batman. Now, I really think that it's because I'm looking at it as a time capsule now from the 90s and looking at like how cringy a lot of that early 90s stuff is now. Robin bothered me less when I was a kid, but I still didn't like him. Now I hate him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You actively hate him. I don't really know why Commissioner Gordon's a target in this episode um, other than to get a Batman. Like, I don't, I don't really get it. Maybe I I'm wrong. I don't know. Like, why is Unless Gordon a target? Unless there is, and obviously we didn't really do the research for this, I don't know if this is a comic book plot oh, that could be. also used yeah, could Gordon. Be. Could be. There's no reason really to use Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, also, right. uh, we should address this. I don't know if you were going to get to this or uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead on you. Yeah. Um, I know it's a kid's cartoon and we can just have fun without overanalyzing, but we have this show so we can overanalyze, god damn it. That's the point, man. Uh, it's the fucking point. The Riddler's scheme in this episode makes no sense. No, but that's what I'm trying to get at. Yes. A lot of it makes no sense. He's the trying scheme to... is he's just trying to wipe away his identity so that Edward Nigma and the Riddler mutually don't exist and therefore there's no criminal record. So why is he doing what he's doing? And why the way is he going after Batman? Uninvolve Commissioner Gordon? At all. Right. Well, why, why, why make more crimes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could have just... He easily was deleting everything. Yeah. Clearly, there was a way to do this without attracting attention, so... What the yeah. fuck you doing, man? Yeah. I, I don't get it. It's just because it's a co show called Batman the Animated Series, and they needed some reason for Batman to fight the Riddler. I could see an argument being made for like, well, he wanted another chance to outwit Batman, but he actually doesn't even come out and say that. No. Like, if that is the case, that's no. not what it seems to be made yeah. to be. Like, yeah, he already stole the records from from the GCPD. Well, and then here's the other baffling thing. The subsequent riddles that he leaves in this episode constantly alert Batman to the new location yeah. of where he's trying yeah. to erase yeah. himself. I'm like, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Anyway, uh, I don't. That's what I was saying. Is like I like the segments, but the episode in whole doesn't really make a lot of sense. The cohesion's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. Uh, let's get into some IMDb trivia. Let's do it. The Riddler does not. Uh, excuse me. The Riddler does eventually escape the virtual reality program, though it is unexplained how he gets arrested afterwards. As his next episode, Riddler's Reform from 1994, depicts him as being released on parole. They basically ignore it. Yeah. They ignore yeah. what they do to him at the end of the episode yeah. when he's back, he's fine. Because they realize that, well, you made him a vegetable. Right. Yeah. Uh, the Riddler does exactly the same thing he did in this episode, If You're So Smart, Why Aren't You Rich? By trapping someone in a specialized game where Batman must solve numerous puzzles to save the captives, Daniel Mockridge, and in this episode, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. The chessboard stage, and this actually stood out to me, the chessboard stage of the virtual reality world was adapted into the second stage of the Riddler level in the uh, Super Nintendo game, The Adventures of Batman Robin, which is an excellent 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up. That's when superhero games were still good before they got bad, before they got good again. Mm -hmm. So, just a little video game history. Super Superhero games were pretty good. 8-bit generation. 8-bit Batman's really good. 
Um, there's some other 8-bit games that are decent. There were bad superhero games in the 8-bit era with the Super Nintendo, uh, with the NES as well. Um, most historically, the Silver Surfer game is atrocious. The Wolverine game is atrocious. They have incredible music, but terrible, terrible games. Mm. But Batman, the 1989 Batman game is excellent. And then you get to Super Nintendo and uh, Spider-Man Venom Maximum Carnage is pretty good. The X-Men arcade game is one of the most celebrated like arcade games ever. Captain America vs. the Avengers is good. Um but Batman, the new, the Adventures of Batman and Robin is a great game, and I remember that stage from the game. And it's in the style of the animated series. <clears throat> yes, it's yeah. supposed to be an animated right. series game, and it's very, very good. And then superhero games got really bad for a long time, and then kind of got good again when Batman Arkham Asylum came out in, I believe, 2008 or 2009. Um, and they've been pretty good ever since. The Batman games are excellent, the Spider-Man games are wonderful, so if you like video games, play them. The look of Edward Nigma's virtual world was inspired by the works of famous surrealist painters. Uh, the staircases Gordon and Robin walk on as a trade are a trademark of M.C. Escher. And the train emerging from the fireplace was a homage to René Marguerite's time transfixed. And the place where Nigma and Batman had their final confrontation was a nod to the paintings of Giorgio de Chirico. Uh, yeah, I remember the Escher painting from uh, Laurie Strode yeah. in uh, Halloween. In her yeah. bedroom has that yeah. Escher painting. Yeah, all the stairs going I th- nowhere. I think. Yeah, I like it a lot. The idea of which the rit- just reminds me in Halloween of like the staircase is kind of an important like yeah, place very, in the house, very you know. So <clears throat> the idea, sense. the idea of the Riddler leaving behind a numeric pattern hidden in the questions of past riddles was later used in the feature film. Batman Forever. Yeah, though, pretty common in general for Riddler. He likes numbers. He does. He's a numbers guy. And Batman Forever is a bad movie. Um, <laughs> do you think Batman Forever is a bad movie? Um, it's a do movie, I like it? It's a movie I like that is bad. Yes. That's where, I'm with you on this. Where we're at. Yeah. I enjoy every viewing of Batman yeah, Forever. Yeah, we like Batman Forever, but not because it's a good movie. No. We like Batman Forever basically because it's a Batman movie and it's bad. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Needed to go full cam. Harvey, I'm, I'm Batman. Batman. Val Kilmer, not the worst Batman, but not good. He could have been good in a serious Batman. I think so. Sure. I think so. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think. Well, actually, to his credit, he's playing the role totally straight. He's actually, yeah. If it's a camp film, he's not aware of it. No. Exactly. Only a few months after this episode aired, the Nightfall play on words uh, was used as the name for the mainstream comic book storyline that featured Bane breaking Batman's back and a temporary substitute, Asriel. Uh, had taken up the mantle. So yeah, when I saw him say Nightfall in this episode, I was like, oh yeah, that's that's kind of cool. And then when I saw the IMDb, I realized that happened afterward. Hmm. Bruce Tim, like us, uh, was not satisfied totally with the episode, although he ironically complimented ACOM's work. ACOM has historically been pretty bad. He stated, uh, virtual reality is too science fiction-y for our show. While it may be uh, conceivable that it will work in four or five years, yeah, okay, try 24, 25 years, Batman transforming himself into a Black Knight and flying around on a chessboard seemed unfathomable to Tim. Strangely enough, it's one of ACOM's best shows, says Tim. They pulled off all the special effects really well. Yeah, So, Bruce Tim, I get it. I understand where he's coming from. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> uh, the name Baxter's Box might be a coincidence, but Nick Baxter is a software engineer who is well known for, who's well known in the puzzle world. He was part of the U.S. team in the first World Puzzle Championships held in 1992, the year Batman the Animated Series premiered. He has since served as captain of the U.S. Puzzle and Sudoku teams and has run a number of websites dedicated to puzzles, including an auction site 
for rare mechanical puzzles. His personal collection holds over 3,000 puzzles. Safe to say not a coincidence. Safe to say not a coincidence because the people who wrote this show are big old nerds. Yeah. And this guy, Baxter, is a big old nerd. Yeah. I mean, you got to be a real special type of nerd to be into puzzles this much. Yeah. Safe to say Baxter's box is definitely homage to this man. I would say yeah. 100%. Anything else before we dive in? No, right, let's do it. Riddle me this. Riddle me that. Who's afraid of the big black bat? The biggest, blackest bat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm Batman. Scene one, we get a title card. In stark contrast to the rest of the series, we see Commissioner Gordon's head in what looks like a computer-run simulation game with the words, what is reality and what I can only describe written in alarm clock font. It is the weirdest title card. It's very strange. It's jarring. It doesn't fit. <clears throat> I was about to say, I've, re I've reconsidered my position since we started recording. I don't know if it's the worst title card. It's, I think it might be one of the best title cards because it is incredibly distinct. All right. So like if there this. was a poster, I would, I, they probably make this, but if you, if there was a poster that was just like all the title cards together, yeah. like you could go up close, this one would stick out. Yes, it would. That kind of makes it a good title card. All right. Let me tell you this much. Let me correct myself. I don't know if it's bad. It just doesn't fit. It 100% doesn't fit. Yeah. It, Not a single other title card looks like this one. It's kind of like... And it's pretty rare that you get an actual character from the series in the title card. Well, it just doesn't... Other than, like, Batman. It just doesn't line up with the, you know, kind of rustic appeal of our town. Well, it's not... <laughs> right, yeah. It's not 30s, 40s, 50s. It is... No. Uh, it's very modern for the time. It's very modern. Yeah. It's a weird-looking title card. It's weird-looking. I, I dig it. Yeah, I, I was. You. it was weird. It was weird to see. Uh, I dig it. It's weird. Yeah. Written by Marty Eisenberg and Robin, Robert N. Skier, and directed by, of course, Big Dixie Bass. Big Dixie Bass. Let's do it, Big Dick. It's Gotham at night. We see a man jogging. Which, it keeps me safe when I'm jogging at night. I love that jacket. I'd wear that jacket. It's a great jacket. Yeah, it's a great jacket. So we see a guy jogging at night, which um, I don't get it. Why are you jogging at night at Gotham, dude? It's kind like, of a busy day. Yeah, okay. Uh, at, you jog. Not, not at night in Gotham. All right. Maybe it's the nice part of Gotham. Maybe it is. Maybe it's where all those uh, orphan kids robbed all those rich people. Oh, the leprechauns. On, yeah, the leprechauns on, um, you know, on the Underdwellers. He jogs all the way up to the ATM, which is something nobody does. Also, 24-hour ATM. Let's talk also, about that. Also, ATM. Yeah. ATM? They have basically thrown out the year yes, at this point. Yes, They're yes, like, what year yes. is it? It's of 92. Course. It's, it's 92, baby. So, he first of all, 24-hour ATM. The only people who are going to the ATM... A 24-hour ATM late at night are people who are probably buying drugs. Also, I remember reading this, too. Not that fitness is a new thing. Fitness has been around since the dawn of man. But jogging for leisure is actually a newer thing as well. That was not common in, like, let's say the 30s. It was, it's definitely... Jogging for leisure is absolutely contemporary to where the show was being created. I agree. Like Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump in the movie has that thing where everyone just starts running. Right. That's kind of the reason. That's kind of the push. Right. And I don't mean to say that people never ran for exercise. No, they that would did. be ridiculous. Of course they did. But like jogging in a tracksuit through the neighbor, like it, it is part of the fitness trend of the late eighties, early nineties. Hyper, hyper eighties, hyper nineties. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he he jogs while he's at the machine, and he enters his card, and the machine asks him a riddle. Where Feed me a stray cat. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Unfortunately, no. Where does a 500 pound gorilla sleep? 
Anywhere Did you know wants. this one? Yeah, anywhere he wants. That one I knew. I, like I didn't one. know the other yeah, two. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That one I knew. <clears throat> because I like gorillas. Um, he's confused. He hits the cancel on the machine, which says incorrect, and then shows his balance, which is like five grand, which then completely depletes to zero, and then this guy loses his mind. That's how I feel at the end of every month. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. Sadly, the Riddler's not stealing it. That's true. Um, I, I, it feels like the Riddler's stealing my I money. I wish the, the Riddler month. was stealing my money instead of me having to pay for things. Yeah. But you know what? If the Riddler stole my money and then I still had to pay for things, I'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble. I don't think there's... Is there supervillain insurance on this show, do we think? You would have to. I mean, if I was an insurance company, I would definitely sell supervillain insurance. Do they count as force majeure in Gotham? <laughs> maybe. 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 Then we cut to the stock market, which is weird because I guess it's the next day. The stock market's on fire. It's crashing and whatnot. Everyone's selling, selling, buy, sell, low, buy, whatever. Everyone's mass hysteria. The bell rings early, and people are like, uh, it's too early for the bell to be ringing. The brokers are all confused, but then a second riddle shows up. What's worse than a millipede with flat feet? Well, a giraffe with a, with a sore throat. Apparently. I've never heard that one. No, I haven't, so I didn't know this one. But Alfred will answer this for us later. One of the stockbrokers remarks that we have a computer vandal on our hands. We cut sure. again. The worst place on earth, the DMV. And yes, people, we know. Hacks like us have been making jokes about the DMV and how long it takes you to do anything at the DMV for decades at this point. But you know what? It's a terrible place to go. It is. Now, now that so much of the stuff that we do is done online, the DMV is a little bit more pleasant. But this is 1992, folks. Everyone yes. knows the DMV is terrible. Yes. Robin, Robin and Alfred are in line. Just a classic D, a DMV joke with the long line and the reception is just really slow. She tells the people that the computers are down and that they have to be patient with her. A third riddle shows up on the computer screen. How do you get five elephants into a compact car? I forget the answer to this one. Uh, two in the front, two in the back, and one in the trunk. Yep. The trunk is, it's, that's, that's a nice play on words. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great riddle. Not a great riddle. So clearly someone is also hacked into the DMV computer system. We then cut to GCPD headquarters. Reporters are waiting outside the elevator to ask Commissioner Gordon about these riddles. Gordon is just over it. He's got nothing. He gives them no answer. He says no more questions and then enters his office. Batman's already Gordon there. Gordon has the worst job in the world. The worst job in the world. <laughs> I mean, every day you got to wake up and go to work and be like, what did they do now? What did they do now? <laughs> like, like, it's not... It's not outlandish for Joker to crucify someone in the middle of Gotham City. Right. And this is what Commissioner starts his day with. Right. Commissioner Gordon starts his day. I don't think his, his shift ends. I think most of Gordon's time should be spent lobbying judges in Gotham to stop sending people to Arkham Asylum. Yes, yes. And to send them to jail. Yes, just send them to jail. To real actual jail. The best breakdown of this is, the best breakdown of this job is Gary Oldman's performance when he says the line where it's like, they start using guns, we buy bulletproof vests. We buy bulletproof vests, they start using armor-piercing rounds. This is the world, this is the Gotham that this commissioner has to deal with on a regular basis. Yes. It's an absolute escalation game. Right. Batman is there. He says that Nigma is making a comeback, and Gordon's just over it, saying that someone has deleted any detection of Edward Nigma in their systems, as if they're erasing him completely from society. Batman then asks, well, what about the hard copies? But then the phone rings. A crate was delivered downstairs with a bunch of question marks all over it. And they're like, oh, great. And it's ticking. That's worse. Worse, because it's probably a bomb. Maybe it's a nice clock. Yeah, maybe it is a nice clock. 
We cut to the police records. Two guys who are totally cops. We're totally cops. Totally cops. Are telling people to scram that they need to evacuate the area. Then those two guys who clearly work for Edward Nigma go in and find the Edward Nigma files. No lock on those. Nope. Nope. No lock on those drawers. Just, just one copy. Just open them. One copy. They didn't send it to Iron Mountain or whatever those whatever those people. <laughs> Batman and Robin are investigating the crate with all the question marks on it. Robert, Robin says that it's an ancient Chinese puzzle box. Why does he know that? Because he's Robin. All right. Yeah. Fine. He's good a, enough for me. Loves puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> Robin is good at this because he solved the Burton's box puzzle in 37 uh, the, seconds. The Baxter's box. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse it me. It should be the Burton box. Oh, my God. That's what they should have called it. It's black and white. And inside, there's a sad creature. Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Johnny Depp and my ex-wife. Well, Helen Bottom Carter. Oh, there we go. Robin is good at this because he solved the Baxter's box puzzle in 37 seconds. I know you're loving all this, Robin, dude. I know you're all about it. There is a funny bit. I forget the line exactly. He solved the box in 37 seconds because he used a hammer. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. The ticking continues, but Robin solves the puzzle, and an alarm clock shows up on a screen. It starts to ring. The cops draw guns because they're cops. <laughs> they're going to shoot that explosion shoot, to death. Shoot the bomb to uh, death. If that bomb blows up, I want you to shoot it. Yeah, shoot the bomb. These good representation of the cops, I yes. find it accurate. Yes, definitely. Batman then stops the alarm. Gordon asks if it's another trap, but Batman says no. It seems like it's more of an invitation. Then we pan to the cameras in the room. In the control room somewhere, we hear, Careful, vigilante. You know what they say. Curiosity killed the bat. They don't say that. They don't, but Batman's definitely heard this before. Mm. We see Nigma in the chair. The two goons from before show up with the hard copies of his information. Riddler shreds them after confirming these are the only copies. We cut to the computer mainframe room. The big computer Riddler left in the giant box comes complete with two helmets. Gordon wants Robin to figure out what this is because he can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure this out. You figure it out, computer kid. You're hey, you're a child. You're good with computers. Hey, uh, I can't figure this out. You think I should put on this helmet or not? Yeah, yeah why don't you put on that helmet, man? It'll be totally radical. Whoa. Whoa. No problemo, man. Batman says he's got other leads to follow. <laughs> That's the best. Batman I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, Batman <laughs> just doesn't. He's just done. He's like, I can't deal with this right now. I've got uh, other leads to follow. You think Batman does this a lot to get away from Robin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or he sends him out on stupid reconnaissance. This missions. reminds... Like, yeah. like, Robin, uh, you go to the DMV yeah, with go Alfred. Investigate, <laughs> go to the DMV with Alfred. I've got, I've got someone... See if there's out. any suspicious activity just, there. He just he, wants a moment alone. Yeah, he wants... You think he lies about having, like, one of his girlfriends over and then just sits in the bat... And sits in the... Sits in the, the, the bat cave and, like, puts on sad music? Yes. Like, he listens to, like, Morrissey? <laughs> or, like, The Cure? Yes. Yeah, right? Um... This also reminds me of the episode of Robot Chicken where they do the real world Metropolis. I don't remember that. Well, there's an episode of Robot Chicken where they do the real world Metropolis. And anytime anyone brings up to Batman that he's screwed up or that they don't like something he did or they're mad with him, he just leaves. He goes, oh, I got, I got to go. And he like crashes through the window. It's great. <laughs> uh, so then Robin begins his search on this mainframe. Uh, Batman is now going over the riddles in the car. Uh, not in the car. Batman's going over the riddles to the Batcave. Alfred answers every riddle, which Batman immediately discredits him. Says, yeah, well, even a schoolboy can figure out those. Well, like, you didn't. Yeah, you didn't, jerk. You had a hard time with that. And then Batman is puzzled because 
these are both too simple and too stupid for the Riddler. Right. Alfred suggests that perhaps the questions are the clues, not the answers. Very good, Alfred. Alfred, once again, doing yes. Batman's work for him. Right. Alfred also gets this in Batman Forever. Yes, he does. We're like, yeah, the riddles are stupid. Anyone can answer them. Oh, it's the numbers that are It's valuable. the numbers, yes. Alfred suggests that all these clues involve animals and numbers. Batman, the, yeah, all the, all the clues involve both animals and numbers. And then, like, Batman takes the numbers and he converts them to Roman numerals, which was very astute for Batman. Uh, the Roman numerals show DMV. Looks like it's time for Batman to go renew his registration. Hmm. For a second, I thought we were going to go back to the Gotham Zoo. Why did you think that? Because animals. Oh, I see. And I was getting very excited to go back. Go to see the, John Hamner. Yeah, we go see John Hamner, who's probably been beaten to death by a gorilla man <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, Alf- Gar- Garth came back. Yeah, Garth came back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alfred suggests he's like goes to Batman. He's like, "Why is I thought he already deleted the records?" And then Batman says that he needs to get the hard copy. All right. Pause. 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 I don't mean to get ahead of ourselves. We said this already, but I'm also getting ahead. Do you realize if they had just never opened that box, the episode would play out exactly the same? Yep. Really? This is the argument that is made for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, yeah. That's also legitimate. How... The Nazi yeah, the bad guys would defeat themselves no matter the what. The bad, bad guys would have died whether or not Indiana Jones traveled with them or not. Now, I don't like to bring that up because I love Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. And I love Indiana Jones. But, unfortunately, if they don't open that computer box and go into virtual reality, it ends up the same way. But, Mike, the real treasure was the friends we made along the way. This is true. This was true. Yeah. The fifth element was love all along. It was. Yeah. Great yeah. movie. Um... Yes, so I must bring this up, and I know the listeners will agree. Uh, look in your heart, you'll see it's true. Um, this episode is completely unnecessary. Unnecessary. It's like, yeah, yep. he deleted the files, yep. and he left this box, and yep. at the end, uh, he's punished for it. And it's there's really, more, yeah. I guess that's that's what changes, yeah. is he's, he's punished. Yeah, I guess so. And I will tell you, much, there's a couple of scenes in this episode that are completely useless and pointless. Um, we see that more goons are at the DMV. Batman interrupts them. He beats them up. One guy drops a bank of filing cabinets on Batman. So strange that you would alert Batman to your presence in a place where you need to still delete your files. Exactly. Your goons are doing work there. Very stupid. What are you doing? Why is he telling him where to go? I do like that Batman throws a license plate at one of them and hits him in the back of the knee. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Very good. Um, And, uh, you know, he just... They escape with the records. Batman chases them down, but then a Riddler car driven by a robot... Shows up and tries to destroy Batman. Pretty cool. Yeah, I do like that it's controlled by a robot and it talks to Batman. Uh, and the uh, the car, truck, or whatever, is loaded up with nitroglycerin, which uh, Riddler warns him will explode. So Batman gets on the, the hood of the car, jumps off it when he hears this. Car crashes into a wall and it explodes. I don't understand why this scene exists at all. The scene makes no sense to me. We then cut to Robin with the VR helmet on. He's searching through the records, but he's really excited about this VR program. He tells Gordon to put the helmet on, but like Gordon's like completely confused and puzzled. Robin then explains what VR is to Gordon. So, uh, and yeah, he just explained it to him. Robin puts the helmet on and then we see a virtual representation of Robin on the computer screen doing everything Robin's doing with his hands and body. He invites Gordon to try. Gordon puts the helmet on and ends up in a surrealist painting with all the stairs. Yeah. He sees that Robin is there and they interact in the environment. Gordon asks what Nigma is doing with it, and Robin says nothing because it's not hooked up to a phone line, so there's no internet. 
Gordon Even is though they did not thoroughly check no. the device to see no. that that was the case. they did not, because Robin... Which Riddler mentions later. Robin's like, a fool. even look at the fucking hardware. Yeah, Robin's a fool. Gordon is puzzled, uh, but why did he want us to find this? And then Robin leaves the VR to go get a snack, but the door locks behind him. The stairs in Gordon's uh, kind of simulation here turn into one of the Riddler's hands, and they grab Gordon. The Riddler remarks that Robin is smart enough, but he doesn't have all the answers. Robin sees that the problem... Robin sees there's a problem. He bashes through the locked door. We see Gordon now stuck in the simulation, wide-eyed and terrified. When Robin goes to remove the helmet, it electrocutes him. Yes. So with Riddler in control of the uh, of the the situation, knowing that he could lock anybody in at any time, why do we want Gordon and not Robin? Do we think it's because Robin has a better chance in there? I have no idea. I'm just trying to get, give know. some justification for what maybe, happens in the episode. Maybe, maybe it was just whoever was there, and he was like, "All right, I'm going to do it anyway." Batman's going to need to free him. Who, I guess it's just we know Riddler's watching the entire time, and at some point they both have the helmets yeah, and, on. So and, I'm like, and it's mm. not like Gordon has the files anymore; they're gone. Yeah, I'm, you know? well, yeah, that, well, that's the thing. I just don't know. <clears throat> yeah, why. I don't get it. Uh, Batman is putting out of the fire on the exploding car, and then a payphone rings. He picks up. It's Riddler. Batman's ready for another riddle. Coins fall out of the phone, and Riddler says. It all makes sense when you add it up. Batman is on the phone with Alfred from the car. Four quarters and a penny, sir, Alfred asks. And Batman is going through it. Red cent, red cent, penny, red cent, copper. And then Alfred chip, chips in, chimes in because he's from England. Copper is another word for a policeman. All the quarters are headed up, so there's no tails. Police, head, quarters. Lovely. They solved it. And it's room 101 because four quarters and a penny is 101 cents. Yeah, the Riddler gives them some other kind of clue here, right? Something about tails, right? Yeah, like there's none of them are tails. Right, but I'm saying I forgot. I don't think we included that part of the riddle. There was some other thing. I don't remember. He just says when you add it up, it all makes sense. He says something about tails. Maybe he does and I missed it. Well, no, I mean, that's fine. But he does say something there. Okay. Something that made that make a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But what's funny is like when you solve the riddle, you just end up back in the same police headquarters room where the device is, where it's just like, why, why the runaround? Yeah, why'd we go? Batman shows up to find Robin knocked out and Gordon on the machine. On the screen, we see that Gordon is trapped in some amusement ride from hell. Riddler shows up saying that the simulation is so real that Gordon can feel it and that his heart will only last about 15 more minutes. So once again, putting the show on the clock with the Riddler. Turns out there was a wireless modem that uh, Robin didn't find. And he was only so focused on the software, he wasn't focused on the hardware. I call bullshit because it didn't make that sound. And then Batman goes to unplug it, but Riddler, You've got says, mail. <laughs> Riddler says, don't unplug it because it'll be like hitting a brick wall for Gordon. Riddler says that Batman has to enter the game and best him. Robin tells him not to because Riddler controls the game, but Batman leaves an ear open so he can hear the outside world. Yeah, that's actually, that's a smart move. Not a bad move. I enjoyed that. Batman is now in the VR simulation. He's in a smoky red hallway with doors. One door leads in, leads to a plane where kings and que- uh, the riddle is. One of these doors uh, leads to a plane where kings and queens contend. Robin is trying to figure out what it means, but I mean, obviously, it's a chessboard, guys. Correct, yeah. Uh, Batman opens a door, and a bunch of question marks start shooting cannonballs at him. In fairness to the Riddler, <clears throat> you know... Why are you fucking opening that door? I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it. You're Batman. You're the world's greatest detective. Let me open the door that says riddles. Detect! Batman then closes the door, but then the question marks follow, shooting at him. Batman backs into a door that says crazy intent on it. Robin tells him not to open it, but he's too late. But as Batman opens the door, 
Robin says, crazy intent means locomotive. Yeah. Yeah. Batman opens the door and a train comes through. He narrowly dodges as the train hits the question marks from earlier. Batman got lucky. Riddler knows this. Robin then tells Batman that the Riddler could mean a chessboard. Yeah, okay, no, duh. Batman then passes a door that's labeled 4096. He does some chess math and figures out, well, that's the right door. Right. 64 squares on a chessboard and 64 64 squared squared, is 4096. Batman enters the room that becomes a giant chessboard. We see the Riddler's giant face as chess pieces show up out of the chessboard. He tells Batman to play according to the rules. And then we see Riddler's giant face turns in a, into a moon and like laughs. <laughs> this is a reference to like something. Uh, it's very cute. Yeah, I liked it. it's, it's like very he does funny. like a freeze frame laugh in the yeah. moon. The pieces begin to attack Batman. He runs away, but he falls through one of the black squares that shatters beneath his weight. Riddler tells him it's the wrong move. And then Batman gets out and kicks some of the pieces and then runs again, falling through almost almost falling through yet another black tile. There's always this moment with Riddler where it's like, oh, I have to solve this part of the puzzle. He's already gotten away. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> like gone. He's, he's gone, gone already. He's gone. Robin then chimes in, well, they call you the Dark Knight, so maybe you have to move like a knight. Robin starts coaching Batman on how to move. He says a wrong move means the end of the day, or, and then Batman looks up and says, Nightfall, of course. The king knights Batman, who is then transformed into a knight. Yeah. He then gets put on a Pegasus. Robin can't help because he flunked Greek mythology. Lovely. Sure. Sure he did. Batman thinks it has to do with the constellation. As Batman flies through space, Robin tells him he aced astronomy. Yeah, this is this is the unfathomable yeah, part of yeah. the episode. It's like, well, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, no, exactly. Hang left at Andromeda? Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's so, so weirdly so unconceivable or Robin, in- inconceivable. Robin's rather. playing GPS here. Yeah. And he's telling him where to go. Eventually, he finds the constellation of Pegasus, and then the Pegasus throws him off, and then Batman like kind of falls through space and ends up in Riddlerville. Lazy. 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 A uh, really bad that's example that's, of a that's town. That's the thing to criticize most in this is that lazy. they don't really use the VR world very no, creatively. No, it's lazy. Riddler shows up and essentially puts a giant Rubik's Cube in front of Batman to solve. Yes, this is the, the, the Baxter's, Baxter's box. Gordon is, Gordon is inside the cube, and if he can solve the puzzle, he'll free Gordon. Robin chimes in, no problemo, Batman. That's a Baxter's box. And then a high-pitched squeal kicks Robin's off, Riddler telling him that Batman needs to solve it himself. Yeah. Riddler gives Batman one minute to solve the puzzle, and then Batman realizes he has some control over the simulation. He turns his hands into sledgehammers, kind of like how Robin solved the puzzle earlier in the thing. He said he had a sledgehammer. It's a very Neo moment that Batman realizes he has some control over the VR world. I wish actually we had more time to make a moment of like, what is that about? It's very cool. Very, very cool. I thought that would have been a better concept for the episode. Yeah. Riddler should have guessed that Batman would have cheated... Riddler uses robot arms to constrict Batman, and then he shrinks down and resets the puzzle. Riddler says he has no, he has control of the whole simulation, but Batman splits himself into multiple Batmen and attacks the block. This causes Riddler to split himself. They then talk about the last encounter, Riddler losing his job. Batman then asks the Riddler how he could split his focus into so many Riddlers while still maintain the simulation. Clearly, he cannot. He can't. This causes Riddler's world to fall apart, freeing Gordon from the box, and then Batman takes the helmet off of Gordon and himself. We see Riddler from the simulation. In a world, if the world was still equitable, 
I'd still have my old job. The game fizzles out as Riddler screams. Robin says that must have been some degree of sensory overload. Right. We then get a hyper rush scene at the end of the episode where Batman uses the last clue left by the Riddler to go back to the World's Fair exposition to find Nigma stuck in the VR simulation having lost his mind. He's trapped inside his own program. He looks emaciated. He looks sick. Batman says that getting him out may be a riddle that no one can solve. And we're left with this horrible dark ending. If the world were equitable, so a fair world, world's fair, I'd still have my old job, my ex position. I actually like that. It's cute. However, why would the Riddler alert them to his position? I don't know. That's the thing. It's like the episode's clever. I like the wordplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's a pointlessness to it. It's like, hey, go to the DMV. Oh, yeah, you fucked up my guys that were... At the DMV. At the DMV. Hey, come back to police headquarters. Oh, yeah, you fucked with the shit I was doing with Robin and Gordon there. Well, hey, come to the uh, World's Fair exhibition. Oh, now you've caught me. It's like, what are you doing? I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. It would have made more sense to me if Riddler was getting away with these things and Batman tried to stop him and then he got hit with a trap. Not that Riddler sends in like the Trojan horse, basically. That doesn't make sense to me. Ultimately, this episode is just... It's got some cool moments. It's got some cool scenes, but like none of it makes sense. It's an episode that basically gets a pass because it's a Riddler episode and there's so few of them that we want to make them precious, but really it's just not that good. It's not. I liked it. I liked it because it's a Riddler episode. It's fun. I like it. I enjoy it. It's not a great episode. Not a great episode. Way worse than, way worse than uh, if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? Right. It's still kind of a fan favorite because they all are. All the Riddler episodes are, but it's not as good. Um, Yeah, they're they're just not as good. Riddler's Um, Reform is better than this. This is like the third best of the three. Yes. No, Riddler, yeah, it is is the best of the three. Um, I'm sorry, the worst of the three. It is the worst of the three. Right. But this one is, this one is far worse than, than the last one. Um, like you said, it's, you know, it's not an amazing episode, but it's great to see the Riddler again. Yeah. My closing thought would just be that, uh, you know, the cool part of the Riddler in, if you're so smart, like that sinister part of him, it's barely there in this episode. Yeah. You know, like he's still doing some cool stuff, but it's just a little not put together. Yeah. And I really, really see Bruce Timm's pain of being like, it's really hard to do him in 20 minutes. Absolutely. I totally get it here. So, um, ranking, I would put it, it's not great. It's low. It's, it's low. In the, it's in the low bottom third. But yeah. uh, some people do rank this one higher just because it's a Riddler episode, and he is a he's considered he's, he's considered a special villain. Yeah. And these episodes are considered special that have him in it. I totally understand. I don't love this episode. Well, if you, I think it's plain good. Yeah, it's plain, plain okay. good. Yeah. If you you know if you really like the Riddler and you really like this episode, power to you. Power to you. Yes. I would still take like a bad Riddler episode before I would take like, let's say like a good, I don't know, Killer Croc episode, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, uh, it's still not great. No, it's not. It's not. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, next time you're going to take us through I Am The Night. So uh, a little a bit great more, episode. a little bit more pre-Batgirl, Batgirl action. A great episode. A great episode. So thank you for joining us. This was the Batman Tastic Cast for Jordan Hugh. I'm Mike Staub. Thank you and see you next time. Same bad time. Same that channel. And thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Batman Tasticast. If you want to continue to support the show, you can find us on social media at Batman Tasticast. Also, you can leave a review, leave a five-star review on the podcatcher of your choosing, leave some comments, 
look at our social media pages and reach out to Jordan and I directly or via the podcast social media as well. We'd love to hear from you all and thank you all for tuning in. We'll hear from you next time.